this morning. I am. So, first of all, I'm glad you're here at 11 o'clock, bright and early. And I want to welcome you again to our home. And I want to speak to you today about uh, a topic of being in one mind and one accord. You see, I, I know that our church does this extremely well. And this word about unity. Yeah. We do this extremely well. In the, in the time we've been pastors since 2013, here in American Canyon at Foothill Christian, we have never had any issues of division, any issues um, that would come across that way to hurt our church. And I want to tell you right now, that's not the usual process in churches. Mm -hmm. And Mother Betty, can I get an amen, amen. on that? Amen. Amen. Mother Betty knows this. Anybody that's been in church for a day or two knows this. Yes. And that's not by accident. Okay, I want to tell you that's not by accident. So I've titled this morning service or this sermon, A House Divided Cannot Stand. A House Divided Cannot Stand. Now we know that that famous expression has been used over the years, but Lincoln used it in 1858 when he received the Republican nomination. Um, he, received, he, he declared that in a speech that day. A House Divided Cannot Stand. We know that it actually traces its roots back to the scriptures, that particular phrase. Yeah. Many people have used that throughout the years. Here's what I want to talk to you about today. We know that within the Trinity, everybody say the Father, Father, Father the Son, 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 Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Spirit. That represents the Trinity. They are one. They are one in unity. One person, one God in three persons is the way the Trinity is described. We worship one God in unity. They are always in agreement, always of the same will, always of the same divine substance, purpose, and, and so forth. We as human beings are triune beings. Did you know that? And, and what I mean by that, we have a, a spirit or a heart. We have a, a, a soul, which is your mind and emotions. And you have your body, which is the third part. We are triune beings. Yet, we're not three different people. We're one person within us. Amen? Amen. And we have to be, when we're whole, we're, we are united. We're one. It's when we're fractured as a person, that's when you see different issues come about. Right? Things happen, and, and you're not operating, you're not functioning properly when you're divided within. Yeah. Amen? You can be facing struggles. You can be going through emotional things. And you know you're not whole. And you know you're not where you should be. That's not the plan of God for every one of you. Right? God wants you to be united in your mind, your spirit, and your soul. And he wants you to be united within the church as well. Amen. See, when a church is divided, and anybody that, again, has been in church for a day or two, when a church is divided, it's really a poison. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness Michael Jackson had it right. And the Jackson Five... One bad apple can spoil the whole bunch, girl. One bad apple, right? Amen. And uh, that's all it takes is one bad apple to spoil the church. So what I mean by that is we do it extremely well. It starts with Pastor Anna and I. We want to encourage you. We want to love on you. Yes. And we want and expect you to do the same with that newcomer yes. that comes in. Amen. When Sonny and Charmaine yes. come in. When Bill and Dee Dee come in. Yes. When Melody and Andrew wow. come into our Amen. church. Whoever it may be coming into our church, 
we want them to say, hey, you know, God loves you. He yes. has a plan for you. Amen. So again, we need to be united. We're, we're, we're all in agreement uh, because of the Word of God. It's not what Pastor Rick says. It's what the Word of God says. Amen? Amen. Because yeah. uh, I always challenge you, and I'll throw this out here for free. I challenge you every time. If you hear me say something biblically, and you've read something different in the Bible, come up and talk to me later. After the service, talk to me. Hey, Pastor, show me where that's at. Okay, I want to be um, transparent with you on the Word, because it's not what Pastor Rick thinks. It's what does the Word of God teach. Amen. Amen. So again, we, we do this well in terms of being united. Agreement and harmony are the keys to continuing a healthy, healthy life. Amen? Amen. Uh, I don't care who you are, what age you are, what economic background you have. You have to have harmony and agreement in order to continue to survive. Yeah. Now, while unity is important, emphasize that we need to be, I need to emphasize to you, excuse me, that we need to be intentional to, to accomplish that. It just doesn't happen by accident. Um, many of you, as you left your home from mom and dad's house, mom and pops, mom and daddy's, whatever you called them, you wanted to have your own home and do it better than they did, right? Amen. But it doesn't happen by accident. You have to be intentional. There's some things you have to do to make that happen. Yes. And in the same way, in church, we have to be intentional about having that unity. So by raise of hands, if you've taken, in the past it was called trails, uh, the trail series class or the growth track, uh, the first class, raise your hand if you've taken that. I believe that's everybody here, most of you here. And at the end of that, we have you sign a covenant that basically describes that you will support the church. You will be uh, in one mind and one accord, essentially. You'll help support the vision of Foothill Christian, Pastor Rick and Anna, and so forth. And, and it's really just a commitment that you guys say, yeah, I'm, I'm backing you up. And because you do that, it's important that, that we're all on the same page. And I want to continue to go into this year and the next year, the next few years until the Lord comes, that we be united. Amen. Because again, a house divided cannot stand. A house divided cannot stand. Now I want to read um, our sermon text today. It's found in chapter 12 of Matthew. Everybody say Matthew 12. Matthew 12. Uh, that's the first book in the New Testament. The, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, and I'm going to be reading from verse 25. Listen to these words here. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined, and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that uh, your word is truth, it's nice. Thank you that it brings unity and agreement. Lord, I pray right now, give us ears to hear your word. Give me wisdom to declare, wisdom, Father. And we thank you for your anointed word yes. right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Right. Again, this is where we find that, that key expression of a house divided cannot stand. Such right here in the scriptures. Many wonderful expressions that are used in our day and age come from the scriptures. Did you realize that? Mm -hmm. It wasn't some brilliant guy here in the 21st century that came up with that. It was 
found it in the scriptures. Yes. These were words of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So what I want to what I want to cover are just a few points on how do we maintain that unity. And while I'm talking about church, you can also be listening to this for your home, for your workplace even. Uh -huh. uh, I'll brag on, um, Gardner's not here today, but I've said this on a few occasions. I first met him in 2009. I went to go work at a warehouse where he was working at. And he just blew me away um, the first day I met him. And what I mean by that is I didn't know him from Adam. I didn't know who he was. But I uh, started working for, it was a receiving department for this warehouse. And I was a receiving manager there. I got hired, and so he was one of the receiving clerks. But there was a group of about, I want to say, five or six guys there. And this is how he would greet everybody in that morning. He wouldn't come up and give you a, a handshake. He came up to every single one, and he gave him a hug. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at that. He came up to me on my first day there, and he gives me a hug. He didn't know me from Adam. Right. And I'm checking this guy out going, wow, check this out. At workplace. You know, we see that within family members. Mm -hmm. We see that when we get together for church, for parties, and things yeah. like that. But at work? Mm -hmm. Anybody else ever have that? Mm -hmm. Probably not. You probably didn't want that guy to touch you or come near you, right? That'd be the beginning of World War III. But here he was coming up and giving everybody a hug. So there was something special about him. I knew that right away. And I love that. And I thought, well, maybe he was just doing that because it's Monday. You know, he's glad to see these guys from over the weekend. Well, guess what happened on Tuesday? He did the same thing. Guess what happened on Wednesday? He did the same thing. And these are warehouse guys. Forklift operators, Burnley guys, you know, some of them, you know, and are rough on the edges, on the outside. But he'd give them a hug, and they'd give them a hug back. Yeah. It was awesome. It was beautiful. Yeah. And there was unity. In fact, in that whole entire company, that was the best-run department, was the receiving department. Yeah. And Garland had a major part in that. Right. He didn't just do it once. He did it every day. He did it all the time. So I might be challenging you to start something new at your workplace tomorrow. Who knows? Careful. <laughs> Careful, exactly. <laughs> so here again, the first point on the outline is wholeness. Wholeness. It starts with each of us. Just like it started with Garland at work, it starts with each of us to be whole, to be of sound mind, our spirit, and our soul. Now, we know when we're not right. And if you don't know if you're not right, just ask your husband or your wife. They'll tell you right now. They'll set you straight. Let me tell you. Ask your children. They'll tell you if you're not right. Amen? Amen. When we're not right, this is what happens. When we're not whole, the enemy is poised to attack you and knock you down, put a chip on your shoulder. You know, it could have been very easy for... For, for Garland to not want to give somebody a hug because somebody had done something wrong in that department that day or, or a previous day. But no, he, he, forget, he, he saw past that. And he chose to be unified in that department. Sometimes, unbelievable as this may sound, there may be somebody here that gets on your nerves. Well, guess what? We're all human beings, right? Yeah. We, we, we can't always pick our, our family members or those that come to church, but this is what God has told us, to love one another. Yeah. To love one another. Amen? Yes. Amen. Yeah. 
you know that Pastor Ed and I will do that with each of you. That's, that goes without saying. As pastors, we're called to do that. Not only that, we love to do that. That's part of our DNA. Yes. It comes out. And so I want to encourage you, don't allow yourself to be ripe for an attack from the enemy when you're not whole, when you're not feeling it, when you're down and you're bitter and you're angry. Get right. Yes. Do what it takes to get right. If your marriage is in that place, make it whole. Yes. Pastor Rick, Pastor Ann and I will counsel you. Amen. We'll help you. If we're not able to, get somebody else to. Amen? Amen. Amen. Divi being divided against yourself is when your body and mind and will and emotions go in one direction and you go in another. Yeah. Nobody wants to live in that kind of place. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be frazzled and stressed. You can't live a life like that. And certainly you can't be in alignment with God's will when you're living like that. Listen to the word here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. It's on your outline. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He wants your whole spirit, soul, and body to be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do that? When we mess up. When we, when we have issues with one another, we say, Lord, um, forgive me. Go up to that person, ask them for forgiveness. Say, yes. hey, I'm sorry, I need yes. you to forgive me. That's, right. That's how you can be whole. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You. See, when we become whole, we seek to align our life with the will of God. Only until you're aligned with the will of God will you have wholeness. Prior to that, your life is not whole. It's in disrepair. It, it's not lined up with the will of God. When you're not lined up, let me tell you, blessings don't flow down or blessings don't go up. When you are not lined up with the will of God. Because what you're doing is you're living your will. Yes. I love the song, Jesus Take the Wheel by Carrie Underwood. Jesus Take the Wheel. Either... You and I give the Lord permission to drive our life, or go. we remain on that steering wheel. Yeah. We remain in control. And I would just say this, if you are in control, how's it working for you? How's it working for you? Right? And I think we've all, we all know that answer. Yeah. How's it working for you? Mm -hmm. We need the healing of God in our life. Amen. Amen. Number two is my affections. What do I mean by that? Um, I bring this up, and, uh, and starting next week, I'm going to be talking about healthy relationships and marriages, and uh, usually February, I dedicate that to speaking on that topic. So come next week again at the regular 2 p.m. service, and I am going to begin speaking on that. But what do I mean by my affections? Well, just as when you first met that wonderful person you're sitting next to, you know, or maybe they're at home today, but when you first met them, your affection toward them was to please them uh -huh. and them to please you. It, nobody had to pay you to do that. Uh, they didn't have to say, well, if you're nice to me, I'll give you this. I'll take you out to here. No. It's just like, yeah, let me get that door for you. Yeah. Uh, can I get you some flowers? Uh -huh. yeah, you don't ask them. You just get them. Yeah. You bring them flowers. Um, you, you wash the dishes. Now you can't pay the guy to wash dishes, right, ladies? You can't pay him to pick up, lower the lid on the toilet. They forget all these simple things, right? Oh, yeah, all these women are shaking their heads right now. But our, our affections, 
should be desiring to do good unto each other. And in the church house, this is what we need to do when yes. we come in, when we walk in. Yes. I need to be doing good. I need yes. to be a blessing to my brother. How can I be a blessing to my brother or my sister today? And that comes in having conversations with one another. All of a sudden, you may recognize that there's a need there. And can I, I'm going to share this. Mother Betty just recently told me, you know, um, Wayne had, had said he was going to take care of some items there at her house. I mean, no, we need to bless our widows in our in our church. Yes. We need to bless them and take care yeah, of them. Amen. Yes. And, and that's yeah. what we do. And so she told me a few of the items that that uh, Wayne was supposed to do. And as you know, Wayne's in the hospital still. He's recovering on his yes. on his way to a complete recovery. Yes. Yes. So she gave me this list, and all I did was uh, I actually texted. I call actually I called Alex and uh, Dante. And they went over Amen. and helped her yes. take care of those issues. Awesome. Amen. Amen. They were a blessing to her. Amen. Amen. And I meant to share that last week because I wanted to say thank you to Alex and, and Dante. Completely overlooked it. But uh, please tell them, uh, Melody, please yeah. tell Alex we, we mentioned that. And, and they were both blessed to be able to be a blessing. But do you understand that that's how it works? That's how it flows? Yes. They didn't expect anything from her. It was just a blessing to be a blessing. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the attitude of keeping unity. Is just be a blessing. Just be a blessing. Don't expect anything in return. Just be a blessing. Amen? Amen. We have to continue to make a commitment to one another, just like you have at your home. This also includes affectionate love. You know... Brother Garland did it best at this workplace. A hug. Who does that at the workplace? Who does that? I don't even do that at my workplace. You know, and I'm a pastor. I should be hugging everybody, right? You would think. But that's a tough thing to do. I, I mean, I think about this right now. Each of you that still work right now, think about going in tomorrow and hugging your coworkers. They're going to look at you like, what's your problem, buddy? Get off of me, you know? They may be having a bad day. They may have been rooting for the Chiefs because they're going to lose today in the Super Bowl. Oh, come on now. Amen. Amen. They may be having a bad day. You don't know. But we need to be affectionate. We need to love on each other. It's also a feeling of endearment. Endearment. Somebody becomes dear to you after time. It doesn't just happen immediately. But there's a, there's a feeling of endearment. And that's what you develop in church. You, you develop these feelings of endearment to one another. Pastor Anna and I get to know you, get to hear your stories, get to hear your testimonies, get to hear your struggles. Yeah. And they're real. Yeah. And yeah. in that process, we develop this endearment for you, a love for you, a caring for you. And you for us, hopefully. <laughs> and, and that's what a healthy affectionate believer is supposed to be doing. Amen? Amen. Let's continue Amen. to march ahead in that process Amen. to be affectionate with each other. Yes. Where the Spirit of God is, there must be love. Amen. Where the Spirit of God is, there must be love. There is no room for division. No. Just know this, when that division comes up, it's not a God. It's of Satan, and you got to rebuke it right there. You've got to stand up. So what do, I, what do I mean by that? If somebody comes up 
and and starts gossiping about your pastor, your church, so-and-so in the church, you stop him right yeah. there and say, Amen. hold on just a minute. Let me tell you one thing right now. In the name of Jesus, I do not receive it. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to listen to you yes. another second. You need to take that somewhere else, but it is not welcome here. Amen. Because we don't gossip about each other. Amen? Amen. We do not. And that's one thing I love about our church. And I'm not bringing this up because there's any incident that's happened. I'm bringing this up, this message, because I want to continue yeah, in that right. passion. Amen? Amen. Amen? You have to continue to teach the fundamentals to people. You can't just teach them one time and expect them to live it out the rest of their life. You have to sometimes go back to the basics of unity, of how it's done. Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen to the words here in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. It says this, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Yeah, wow, that's powerful right that's there. Beautiful. Love one another deeply from the heart. Amen. Galatians 6 and verse 10 says it this way. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that just because they don't go to church, you don't love on them and you're not a blessing to them. No, that's not what it's saying. It's saying, do that, but even more so to those that come to church yeah. because they're your brother and your sister. Yes. Be a blessing to them. Yeah. Amen? Just yeah. as you, uh, the men were a blessing to Mother Betty. Amen? Amen? <clears throat> and just like we've been recently a blessing to Wayne and Irene, yeah. that's a huge blessing to them. Love them. Amen. Amen. We love that family and we, we want to continue to pray for them. Amen. 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 Let's uh, go to the third point. And the final point in here is my direction. <coughs> direction. What do I mean by my direction or your direction? Well, spirit-rooted, Christ-manifesting, truth-cherishing, Humbling, loving unity is designed by God to accomplish two goals. Two goals. Everybody say two goals. Two goals. Two goals. One is for you to be a witness to the world. And remember, I talked, this, talked about this last week. I mentioned that the most powerful weapon you have is your testimony. Amen. What has God done in your life? That's the most powerful weapon you have. And then the, the second thing is bringing glory to God. When, when you do things, it brings glory to God. When we helped out Mother Betty, it brought glory to God. Amen. Both sides of that, Alex and, and Dante and Mother Betty, glorified God because of that. Yeah. Amen? Amen. When, when uh, recently I had someone that I prayed for, I texted them and I prayed for them. And, and, and then the, a couple days later they came to me and said, How did you know? How did you know? How many, how many know that that happens all the time? Yes. Because the Holy Spirit speaks through you to pray for an individual. Yeah. And that couple didn't know at that moment, or, or maybe they did, but just didn't recognize it, that the Holy Spirit was wanting to minister to them and remind them how much He loves them. Yeah. Yeah. How much He wants to bless them. Yeah. Amen? Amen? He loves every one of you, and He'll use you and I... To remind you of that. Isn't that a great God? Yes. It's a great, wonderful God that wants to promote unity in our marriages, in our relationships with one another, in our relationships at work. 
God is amazing when it comes to giving us direction. So again, when I have a good direction in Him, I, I'm, I'm a witness to the world. Yes. Everywhere I go is, that guy's different. I don't, that, she's, she's a little bit different. I don't know what it is about her. There's a light about her. Yeah. She's always smiling. Uh -huh. She has joy. He, he has something in him that I want. What is that? Are they saying that yeah. about you? Are they able to say that about you? Or, or, or are you still that same person you were before you came to know Christ? Do they not know the difference? I've heard it put this way. If there was a, 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 a court hearing on whether you were a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? <laughs> Whoa. That's some serious stuff right there. That's some serious stuff. And because that's the world we live in. We, we blend in so much with the world that sometimes it's hard to distinguish who's a believer. And I'm not saying by what you look like. No. We come in all shapes and sizes. Amen? Amen. Let's get that straight right now. We come in all shapes and sizes, but where's your heart? Yeah. Is your heart different than, than that of your neighbor over here or this neighbor? Is your heart declaring to God, I want to seek your will and align myself up with your will? Listen to this in the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John. And, and if you can turn there, I don't believe I have the scripture on the outline for you. But in, in the 17th chapter of the book of John, verses 20 through 24, I want to read this to you. Listen to the words of Jesus. He's speaking about unity with the Father. He says here, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you and I are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Amen. That's powerful unity right there between the Son and the Father. Unity, it started there. And what Jesus is saying here is that, he says at the end of that scripture, you loved me before the creation of the world. He also loved you before the creation Amen. of this world. Amen. He didn't just start loving you in 1958 or 78, whenever you were born, he started loving you from before the foundation of this world. Amen. He had you in mind yes. already. That should just cause you just to stay, take a step back and say, Lord, you love me that much? I was on your mind even back then? Yes. 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 Amen. You were on his mind. From the beginning. In fact, you were on his mind when he went to the cross and said, Thank you, Lord. Brother, sister, this is how much I love you. Oh, yes. He put his Amen. arms out as they nailed him to a cross. And he took your sins on him. Yes. Your wrongdoings, everything you ever did that was short of his glory. He nailed it to the cross right there. Amen. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Amen. Yes. He wants you to know. That he wants you to be in unity with him. Yes. You see, you are the witness to this world. 
You are that witness to the world in your workplace tomorrow, at the retirement home, at the laundromat, at Walmart. You are that witness in your car. To the world. No matter what you see at Walmart, whether it's that wig in the parking lot, whether it's the crazy way they're dressed when they go there, don't go after 10 o'clock, you're just asking for it. Amen. Amen. The, exactly. <laughs> we bring glory to God and we witness to others when we truly align ourselves, our will, with His will. Yes. We need to be unified in that sense. Lord, let my will reflect Your will for my life. Because let me tell you, He wants to bless you more than you even want to be blessed. He wants to bless your relationships. He wants to encourage you. He wants you to be unified like this, unified with your spouse, unified with your family, unified in the church that you go to. Amen? Amen. The ultimate aim of Christian unity is to bring glory bring to God. God. Yeah. See, everybody that sees you, everybody that sees you should, should say, man, that, that, that person there, they bring glory to God. Whether it's up here doing worship, whether it's sitting there in a, ch in a chair at church, just lifting your voice. Yeah. Or playing a tambourine. Or bringing food to the church. Bringing uh, cups or whatever. That should bring glory to God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. In fact, the Bible says do all things unto the glory of God. Yeah. I mean, you can walk your dog. Lord, I'm doing this for your glory. Yeah. I I'm getting my exercise in and I'm getting Max's exercise in. And Lord, I'm bringing you glory. Because the Bible says, do all things unto the glory of God. Lord, I'm washing dishes today. I never do, but I'm washing them for your glory. And, and Lord, my honey's going to be happy. Anna's going to be happy. After this, I'm going to throw a load in the washer. And I'm going to throw a load in the washer. Don't take today, baby. Come on. Amen. Talk about unity. Talk about a blessing that's coming my way. Oh, yes. Yes. So may Almighty God grant each of us his endurance and encouragement Glory to remain unified. Because yes. again, a house divided cannot stand. Amen. We need to remain unified. And as I close, here's four just statements I want to share with you. Seek to be led by the Holy Spirit. Seek to spread the good news of Christ. Seek to love others. And seek to serve. Because when you do these things, you will remain unified in His will. Amen. You will remain unified. It's as simple as that. It's not rocket science. You don't have to know what Pythagoras' theory was. You don't have to know what E equals MC squared or any of that. It's this simple right here. Amen. Amen. Amen.